back to Between the Cuffs. Today we're going to be covering a topic for which I am very passionate for, which is the wonderful world of masochism. I am extremely excited to get to discuss this for so many fucking different reasons. I'm going to end up breaking this concept into two segments. The first segment is going to be today's episode, and we're going to discuss masochism both in and out of kink. And then next week, I have the privilege of interviewing my favorite masochist around, and together we're going to dive a little bit deeper into these concepts. When you're thinking of a masochist, what exactly is the picture that comes to your mind? Is it somebody spread eagle taking hit after hit after hit while saying thank you? Is it a group of bodybuilders slapping the shit out of each other before setting a new PR? Is it yourself? Masochism certainly does have a pretty significant prevalence in the kink community, but it does extend far beyond the parameters of sex and the things about sex, which is an important distinction that I find quite fascinating. There's a book about the phenomenon and culture of masochism, which I want to strongly encourage you to read. It's called Hurts So Good, written by Lee Cowart, and I think it'd be a really great resource for anyone who identifies as a masochist, as well as anyone even just remotely interested in what pain is and how it has a place in our society. In this book, she goes on to describe masochism numerous times as feeling bad, then better. And I think that that's a really apt way to describe masochism at its core. This root statement applies to masochism in all of its varieties, whether they are kinky or vanilla. So what the heck is masochism? Right now, it's currently defined in the Cambridge Dictionary as the enjoyment of an activity or situation that most people would find very unpleasant. The reason that we're discussing the dictionary definition today is because we're viewing masochism more so as a concept as opposed to something strictly limited in the kink sphere. So let's start off by talking a little bit about how masochism is part of our vanilla life. I think the first thing that comes to my mind when I mix masochism into the vanilla world is definitely the body modification community. So if you're not familiar with body mods, what body modification is, it includes anything that's a deliberate act to permanently alter the human anatomy. Some pretty common examples of this are going to be tattoos and piercings, but body mods can run very deep comparatively speaking. They're commonly used as rites of passage and cultural expression, and can widen to some more modern proclivities like silicone implants in the skin, scarification, pointing of your ears, hole punching in the skin, just to name a few things. Now, at a base level, all of these activities hurt. And I know that there are people out there who swear that they don't. And I think that has something more to do with pain threshold, but all these things are painful. And that's the point. We find an enriching experience for ourselves through this pain. We find euphoria and we find a greater sense of self. And this ties back into the initial concept of feeling bad the better. When you're going through body mods, you're undertaking a challenging, uncomfortable, and painful experience, and then you feel so much better afterwards. I myself have a large amount of body mods done on me. I have my lips double pierced. I have my bridge pierced, which is some skin directly above my, my nose, the bridge of my nose. My earlobes have been stretched to 28 millimeters. My septum is a 2 gauge. I've also had numerous other body piercings done that I've transitioned out of just for personal reasons, like the jewelry wasn't, wasn't right for me or something like that. 
I'm covered in tattoos, and those tattoos are both on fleshy bits and also directly on bone. For example, I have my entire stomach tattooed. I also have my shin and elbow and my feet. I have a few scarification pieces on me. I have definitely thrown myself into the body mod gauntlet to pursue my own masochistic tendencies in the vanilla world. And some of these activities definitely bleed into my kink life. For example, I, I've done tattoo scenes before where I'm in bondage and being tattooed and my, my eyes are covered so I have no idea what's written on me. I'm a super enthusiastic needle bottom, so I do a fuck ton of play piercing at home and out with others. I think it's very interesting that tattoos and piercings specifically are used as coming of age moments for a lot of people. Turning 18 means that you have a greater sense of bodily autonomy, at least in the eyes of the fucking government. And whether you get more tattoos or piercings or not, these people have undergone a challenging experience for self-betterment. I used to actually manage a tattoo studio here in Colorado Springs. We had tattoo artists and piercing artists, and I cannot tell you enough how many people I had seen come in just freshly 18, ready to get their first tattoo or their first piercing, and what that experience was for them, you know? A lot of them had support people, a lot of them didn't. They came, most were pretty nervous about the whole thing. Some were very, like, headstrong, you know, but it's cool because you see this wide range of just emotion that people are sitting with. And I was the one who was at the at the front of the shop, running everything, making sure that I was there to help kind of control the experience for them, give them the support that they were looking for in that moment, and tell them, hey, you fucking got this. And then they'd, they'd come back after it was done, and I would be who they showed first. And they'd like, look how sick this is. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. And I can't say anything other than I've done the same fucking thing. I mean, like, yeah, I had a couple bedroom tattoos done before I turned 18, but... As soon as I did turn 18, I went and got my first two, and then maybe a week or two later, I went and got my, my thigh piece done. So I, I definitely did the same as a coming of age, and so I thought it was interesting to include that masochism plays a role as rites of passage. Another vanilla example of masochism that I can give you for my own personal life is the food service industry. Now, you may or may not know this about me, but my vanilla occupation had almost exclusively been within food service for my entire life, so I finally made my escape. These jobs definitely got harder, you know, and more brutal with every job transition, and I, I started working pretty early, maybe, maybe around 14 as a dishwasher, and worked my way up to sous chef and head chef, stuff like that. At these jobs, I'd, I'd be standing on my feet constantly, which would put strain on all of my joints. I'd be sweating my ass off over a massive saute rage, and I'd occasionally get burns from hot burner plates or pans or a ladle or something else that I didn't fucking see during all the chaos that was the dinner rush. The ticket printer would be firing sounds like a machine gun, echoing across the calamity of the organism that is the kitchen line. And all this time, I am getting yelled at, either by a head chef or by other employees, in such a high-pressure environment. And then after all of that, after a full 10 to 12 hours of service, I would have to clean for what felt like two years, but it was more like two hours. And then I would get back up the next day and come back to the restaurant and do it all over again. And I want to make the distinction that that wasn't just because of bills, because I could have any other job should I have decided to. I stayed in food service because, to an extent, I loved it. I loved the stress and I loved the pressure. I loved hurting on the shift because of how good I would feel after work. 
the kitchen was such a brutal environment for me that I couldn't keep myself away from it. I, I definitely, if you're interested in food service and what it's like to work as a chef, what the culture is like in the industry, I, I would definitely recommend a book called Kitchen Confidential by a chef named Anthony Bourdain. He was definitely somebody whom I looked up to pretty strongly as a chef and whom I still look up to, um, you know, as now more of a home chef, but also a human. And it definitely discusses the, the book. I mean, it definitely discusses the organism of the kitchen and, and what it's like to be in the belly of that beast. Now, while I certainly didn't pick food service for the masochism initially, I do think it's definitely what kept me in the industry for so long. I think that another part of what did this for me was the community that I found. You know, after getting my ass kicked, I'd sit down with everyone after everyone else got their ass kicked and, and we'd just shoot the shit. You know, people would have their, their shift drinks and we would just doom scroll and, and try and catch our breath after just brutal night of service. And after nights like these, I would feel so unequivocally good. And I would end up pursuing that feeling for a full decade. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to glamorize <laughs> the reality that comes along with food service. I am simply expressing that masochism was something that ended up keeping me in the industry as long as it did. To shake things up in a way from my own personal experience, I want to take a look at weightlifting, because I mentioned it in our introduction. The scientific process of strengthening your body honestly feels kind of metal if you sit and break it down because you're pushing your muscles past their own capacity, which tears them, just tears them apart in that process so that way they can build themselves stronger and then continue repeating that cycle over and over again. If you've ever done any type of moderate level of activity, you've probably felt this masochistic effect internally. And whether that was getting a cramp on a walk and deciding to push through it, the stress your entire body takes on when deadlifting, the trembling you feel when undertaking some very intense yoga flow, etc. All these things then meet up in the middle to share the same end result, which is wonderful endorphins rushing through your body. Something that I'm kind of fascinated with within the weightlifting and, and exercise community, you know, gym bros and all that, is the concept of slaps. Weightlifters setting out to lift an incredibly high amount of resistance will have all their friends just smack the shit out of their back. Keep in mind that all these people are, are pretty beefy too, you know, because gym bro culture. So you're having essentially hulking gorillas smacking the shit out of your back, and that ups your adrenaline. And so they use that adrenaline so that way they can push themselves to the limit and potentially beyond that limit which we enjoy with the hearty thud that the weight creates as it falls back down onto the ground afterwards. I definitely have heard and seen people do this, and I've just watched almost in, in more fascination than admiration or anything else because it's a culture to it, you know? The people who do this competitively, the people who do this seriously, who go to the gym seven days a week, and this is part of their life, their identity. It's, it's fascinating. It really is. Now, I'd love to transition ourselves for a little bit, taking our focus into masochism within the kink sphere. So what's that look like? The first thing that comes to mind for me personally is impact play. I feel that impact play is an activity that has a super fucking wide range as far as the sensations that can create. It's something that's enjoyable by beginners or experts, and then everyone around and in fucking between. 
I think that most of my favorite scenes had some sort of aspect of impact play to them in whatever capacity I was receiving it in at that time. I identify as a high intensity masochist and so with that in mind I like to push my threshold with impact play so that way I can see how I evolve my boundary with pain because as I said before I view my kink practice as my relationship with different boundaries and I love to see how I can you know just be fluid with them. Just the other day I went through a fairly strong beating and I was tied up to a chair and I had a variety of implements used on me. It was, it was a new scene with a new partner and it was really fun. His hands would be twisting and pulling at my, my bruised and knotted flesh. And fuck me, that hurt. I would be howling and crying out and I'd be laughing my fucking ass off. And then after the scene, the first thing I said was thank you. Because holy fuck, did I feel so fucking good. Yeah, my thighs were radiating with pain. And yes, I would spend the next 12-ish days just staring at my bruises in admiration and poking and prodding and slapping and punching them whenever I could. So why on earth would I let somebody beat my thighs until the entire muscle was purple, black, and blue? Well, you feel fucking amazing afterwards. I feel that there is so much power that comes with sitting in discomfort, emboldening that mind over matter effect, and then powering through because of whatever form of release that we choose to see afterwards. I think it's really great because, you know, our, our mind plays such a role in what we feel, what we see, how we take in and process information. And it can be really hard to consciously overpower that. And so I think that being a masochist is a very powerful thing because, again, going back to our Cambridge definition, you're, you're going through things that are uncomfortable or unpleasant to most people and finding enjoyment within them. And I think that's really cool. I think the second thing that comes into my mind about masochism and kink in my personal life would be rope suspension, particularly suspending when in natural fiber rope. Rope bondage, to me, essentially is putting tourniquets all over your body, and then rope suspension is adding your full body weight onto all those tourniquets at once. Yes, I know, that's an intentionally fun and silly description, but I think it's also apt. Rope suspension can be incredibly challenging on the body, especially with certain poses, especially with different bodily restrictions in mind. There's a tension that comes with it that makes it hard to breathe when in rope. There's the feeling of dried grass in that natural fiber that digs into your skin. And then the feeling of the full weight of your body pushing you even further into those ropes. But man, I gotta tell you, coming out of rope, I feel fantastic. It feels like I spent an entire night out dancing with my closest friends and I just landed on my couch afterwards. And I'm in that liminal period where I'm sitting in this wonderfully bright glow for like the next hour. And then people will take rope suspension even further and they'll start to tie like massive rocks or very heavy weights to the rope bottom using that bottom as a, as a hard point essentially. And so they're withstanding even more weight on top of what they're already feeling. I think that the biggest turn-on for me about rope is the intense level of awareness I find myself in at all times. I feel like the ties necessitate that I sit fully aware within my own body and of my own body, and aware of the sensations that come across it, and then when I come out, I'm equally aware of the sensation that returns to my body. You know, getting circulation back into certain parts of me, coming out of, of a subby headspace, and then all the endorphins that come along with that. 
I also think that with rope, I'm much more mindful because I'm disabled. Like I've mentioned before, I, I have ATDS, and so there are certain restrictions that I have, and I have a higher risk profile that I walk into rope with, and so I have to be more present when I'm getting tied to make sure that I'm not putting myself at risk for a, a severe injury. I think that masochism and kink is also about energetic exchange. At least in my own eyes, it's about energetic exchange. If I pass by somebody who's locked down to a spanking bench just getting the shit kicked out of them, I don't really see it as a dominant whose spanking is submissive. I see it as two people exchanging energy. The medium just happens to be pain. And I am at the energetic level to where I feel that I can see that energetic circle between those people, circulating between the two of them. Going to dungeon parties where you watch scenes and you hear people groan and moan and cry and gasp due to the painful sensations they were standing, all I can feel is the energy coursing through that space, goes through my veins, inside my entire body, and then goes right back to them again. Even as a voyeur to that scene, I have now become part of that energy transfer. And I think that that's a really beautiful thing because it's me being part of something bigger than myself. Something that's older than me and all of the incarnations I have ever been and will ever be. I let the world slip around me and I feel one of the only sensations that truly controls us as the animals that we are, which is pain. Pain is a very primal feeling. The reason that we feel pain in the first place is because our brain and central nervous system has been trained over a, just millennia to keep us safe and, and distance from danger. Pain has been our system's way of telling us, the conscious being within the meat sack, that there's something fishy going on and, and we should be more fucking careful, right? So when we take the masochistic phenomena and use it for self-enrichment, we are taking the metaphorical reins from our brain just for a little bit. We're controlling the evolutionary processes that have been with us since the dawn of us, which is fear and fight or flight. I think that's one of the most powerful things that I can do with my life, which is literally controlling the processes that have kept our species alive throughout all this time, and then choosing to overpower it, knowing that I am who's running the show in that very moment. And I think that's pretty beautiful. I'd love to go a little bit deeper here into masochism as a concept. And the first point I wanted to, to kind of focus in on was masochism as a form of catharsis. So masochism as catharsis is a super critical part of my personal and creative processes when it comes to masochism. I've experienced a lot of non-consensual pain in my life in a wide variety of ways, and not all of them are in ways in which you might deduce. Getting to do high-intensity masochistic play can allow me to open up some of the traumatic parts of my being and then recode them within my body. I can take something that, at the time of experiencing firsthand, was scary and unnecessarily painful, and then I can turn it into something that I control and choose to find beauty within it. I also find the freedom to re-experience high-intensity memories, which my system has repressed, to keep me alive and safe. And not only do I get to re-experience them, but I get to play with them. I view, I view these experiences as almost like a sand pit. And I get to jump into that sand pit and play around, make some fucking sandcastles, and then make something really beautiful out of all of it. I know that a lot of people within 
the kink community who have PTSD and CPTSD, and then those communities alike, utilize masochism and other forms of fetish play for similar reasons, and I really love the therapeutic effect that kink can have on us as beings. I have never once met somebody who has told a therapist that they use masochism healthily, you know, not self-harm, but, but masochism within kink as catharsis, and then heard that therapist say anything negative about it. If anything, it's more so that they're fascinated because they haven't really thought of using these experiences as a way to find cathartic healing and release. Keep in mind that I'm also somebody who lives with chronic pain. I've been sitting with pain constantly since maybe 11 or 12. And I honestly don't remember a time in my life where I was pain-free aside from like a headache or something. Living through such stark, non-consensual pain caused by my own body can feel crazy debilitating at times. I think I've talked a little bit about how when I play with masochism, it allows me to turn off the chronic pain that I experience and focus strictly on the acute pain that I'm choosing to sit through. And that's honestly the only time in my life that I am able to do something of that nature. It gives me space to grieve for myself and my body and all the different ways that I'm affected. It allows me to feel the most human that I can feel sitting with such discomfort that my brain is actually firing off all these fucking alarm bells to try and talk me out of what I'm doing. I know that this sentiment is shared within the disabled kink community, and I'm really happy that I'm planting this tiny little seed for you here, as it's definitely something I'm going to return to, you know, the intersection of masochism and disability, that is. I'm going to return to that in a few more episodes across this season. I also think that masochism can lead us to feeling like stronger versions of ourselves, which is masochism is strength. Enduring some of these very challenging, uncomfortable, and painful experiences can be imagined like walking across hot coals. You get to demonstrate your resolve, your control over yourself, and that could be your brain, your body, your pain, all of those, some of those, or none of those. You get to focus on your breathing and your energetic experience, and then come out on the other side as a different version of you. I actually take Polaroids of most of my masochistic scenes, if not all of them. So that way I can look on them later and remember how much strength it took me to be in that exact moment and how strong I felt afterwards. As a disabled person who spent their entire life working against chronic pain, for me, masochism is getting to show just how capable I am in spite of these conditions. I think a big facet that comes along with that is the progressive nature of two of my disabling conditions. Knowing that some of my disabilities are going to continue to get worse over time can be daunting, for lack of a better word. Some days it can be debilitating. Getting to show myself and my body how much power that I really hold is a mind-blowing effect. Another way that I use masochism in my life to feel strong is when I was presenting myself a little bit more femme and wearing makeup day to day. At the time, I was living in Florida. Unfortunate, yeah, I know. And as you are probably aware, Florida does not take kindly to people of my many different persuasions. I struggled to put that makeup on every single fucking day. 
I've always been super uncomfortable putting things near or around my eyes. And I would have to fight not to cry and fuck up the eyeliner and mascara I was putting on every single day. Then I'd have to walk around Tampa with my face all dolled up, and I would power through all of the horrible stares I got, the angry comments and outcries from the people around me, the general animosity that my local community would show me. And I'd go home, wipe it off my face, sometimes I'd I'd be crying, and then I'd wake up the next day and do it all over again. It hurt me so deeply to do this practice, but it felt amazing to be so authentic with my gender presentation. That sounds really similar to my experience within food service and how I was hurting my body day to day, struggling consistently in that environment, but I'd keep coming back to it time and time again, and that brings us right back to the root of masochism. So why? Why do we seek out pain given our underlying knowledge of masochism? I think that we've touched on a few of those reasons together already. We seek out pain for enrichment, enjoyment, and empowerment. We seek it out as a rite of passage, a coming of age, a cultural expression, and a spiritual experience. We seek it to laugh, to cry, to feel grief, to rewrite trauma. We use pain as an opportunity to express ourselves and our identities. We use it as an opportunity to grow. We use it to make art. Pain has been an involuntary part of existence since we began existing to begin with, and masochism has been a voluntary part of existence for just as long. As children, we would poke and prod at our scabs and our bruises, and we would stick needles under the skin on our fingertips, and we'd intuitively prod at our pressure points across our body. It is equally an instinctive process and a conscious process, and I think that there's something really special to that. I know that I've mentioned this on the podcast already, but guess what? I'm going to mention it again, and I'm going to keep mentioning it. I would love to recommend a documentary to anybody who's listening to this right now. It's called Sick, The Life and Death of Bob Flanagan. It's still for free on on Vudu if you're familiar with that platform, and you can find a lot of like segments of this on YouTube if you can't. I think that this is a really wonderful watch for a wide variety of reasons and audiences alike. I think it's really wonderful to see firsthand how Bob Flanagan used his masochism to overpower a terminal diagnosis, to, to work through it, not around it as well as him expressing the raw parts of his existence and then creating art as a, as a byproduct of that existence. As a disabled kinkster, I, I can't stress enough what that documentary means to me, what Bob Flanagan's journey means to me. Watching him go through what he, what he did in his life, it's, it's just a wonderful perspective. It's something that I apply to my own masochistic practice with serious intention, with serious awareness, you know, it has inspired me to want to become a better masochist. It's inspired me to want to learn more about masochism. It's inspired me to remember that I can choose to keep getting up every day, even if it hurts, even if I can't walk that day because my EDS is flaring up, or I'm just struggling with seizures and memory loss. It, it shows me that I am who 
truly is in control of myself. Masochism shows me that I can take the reins anytime that I want. And Bob Flanagan helped really kind of almost brand that into my, my body. I feel like it's just in my DNA. I've watched it a few times and I've never failed to learn something new about it. And he actually holds so much significance to me that I, and I'm staring at it right now as I'm talking to you, I have a picture of him above my bed and it's him in a wheelchair all tied up and bound. You know, he's got his oxygen tank next to him. And on the picture, it says fight sickness with sickness. And I treat that as almost a mantra every day that I get up, every day that I go about working in my room when I'm in debilitating pain, every day that I'm existing, I use it as a constant reminder that I can use the sick and pervy and depraved fucked up things that I love to combat the depraved and fucked up things that I am going through. I think that we covered a lot of really great ground today. And so I wanted to say thank you for dedicating your time and your energy towards this group practice of ours. For those of you who are listening on our Spotify, I attached an engagement question to this episode. As always, I definitely encourage you to answer it and participate in these questions, as I think it'll create a greater connection for you to the project at large and for me to you as well. I am really looking forward to next week's episode. I'm going to be getting to continue this discussion with you on masochism, but we're going to do it with some different aspects in mind. I have the honor of interviewing a masochist whom I really fucking admire, and I think that their insight is going to be very valuable, not only to you, but to this project at large, and also to myself. I'm really lucky that he's somebody who is so close to me and my, my personal and my professional sphere. You know, I, anytime I'm doing new work, he's the first person I'm texting. I'm like, hey, I just did some really fucked up shit. You want to see it? And then, and then likewise, it feels really great to have community like that. And so I'm really looking forward to getting to interview him next week and getting to share what he does in his, his journey through masochism as well. So thank you so much for continuing to keep up with this program. I really appreciate you. And as always, this is what it looks like between the cuffs. Thank you.